welcome. I am your host, Nicole Nyberg. I am a neonatal nurse practitioner and also a proud preemie mama to my son, William, who just happens to be a former 23-weeker. So if you are a current or former NICU parent, you have come to the right place. I have been exactly where you are, and I know what you're going through. We will be discussing all things related to the neonatal intensive care unit for preterm and term infants, as well as some of the emotions and struggles parents endure along the way in the NICU and beyond. So tune in and get ready to become educated and empowered. This is the Empowering NICU Parents Podcast. While I make every effort to broadcast correct and up-to-date information, medicine is constantly evolving and advancing, and I continue to learn new things each day. Every NICU baby and their journey is different, and every institution varies in their practices as well. So please, always consult your obstetrician and your infant's physician for any medical issues or concerns. I am presenting from my personal experience and knowledge My opinions do not represent that of my employers. Hello, everyone. My apologies for the delay in releasing a new podcast episode. It is conference season in the neonatology world, and I have been traveling and presenting research with my cohort on the implications the COVID-19 visitation restrictions had on NICU parents and I hope to share some of that data with you soon. Now, on our last podcast episode, I spoke about the multitude of benefits that maternal breast milk has for infants, especially critical infants in the NICU. I also shared what some of the common barriers are for mothers who have infants in the NICU, and also touched on the common racial disparities that exist and ways that NICU clinicians can educate, support, and encourage mothers to express milk for their infants. If you have not already, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 47, Breaking Down the Milk Expression and Breastfeeding Barriers Common to NICU Mothers, which you can find at empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash episode 47. Today, I will review the composition of human breast milk and how it is different when you compare preterm mother's milk, term milk, and donor milk. I also discuss some of the anti-infective properties in breast milk and why they are so crucial for all infants, but especially those born prematurely or critically ill. I discuss fortification, the different formulations, and why it is so important for our preterm population. Finally, I discuss donor milk and why it is preferred over formula, especially with our preterm population, but also where it lacks in our vulnerable population and why it is so crucial that we encourage all mothers to try and provide breast milk for their infants. There's a lot of important material in this podcast, but I promise that it will not be overwhelming, so get ready to get educated and empowered. Have you been searching for the perfect NICU journal and you've been unable to find it? At Empowering NICU Parents, we have created a comprehensive NICU journal called Our NICU Roadmap. The journal is specific for NICU infants and includes everything you've been looking for plus more. We took all of your suggestions to heart and recently revised the journal based on your feedback as well. So it is smaller in size and will fit right into your bag plus at a better price. 
The journal has everything I felt was pertinent, both as a neonatal nurse practitioner and a former NICU mother. Our NICU roadmap provides a place for you to document all of your baby's progress while they're in the NICU. It will equip you with all of the necessary tools so you can confidently become an active member of your baby's care team. We have included educational resources to help you understand the NICU journey better, including, but not limited to, a detailed glossary that covers terms and abbreviations common to the NICU, and a NICU image to help you understand equipment commonly used in the NICU. Not sure what questions to even ask the NICU care team? We have you covered. The daily log guides you with questions to ask the care team, plus adequate space to document all of the pertinent updates for your baby each day. Next, we included specific areas to document all of the details on your amazing miracle, including birth stats, delivery details, weekly measurements, eye exam, and head ultrasound results. We also included a separate full journal section in the back to help you document and process all of your feelings and emotions throughout the journey. In our journal, you will find everything you need plus the finite details you have not even thought of yet. I promise you will look back on this and be amazed by your little one and all of their achievements, and it will be such a great keepsake. Go and grab your copy of our NICU Roadmap now on Amazon. Or if you are interested in buying in bulk at a discounted price for your hospital or organization, head to empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash NICU journal to contact us and see additional details and images of our journal or find the link in the show notes. NICU moms are a unique group of strong, brave, and proud women. It is not necessarily a group that you would choose to join, but once you are a part of it, you become part of a special tribe. To honor and celebrate all of the strong NICU mamas within the NICU community, we created NICU Mama hats. Our trucker baseball hats are multicolored and adorable. Show your pride for your brave little one and celebrate your personal strength as a NICU mama with these adorable hats. Or consider purchasing one as a gift for that strong NICU mom you know and adore. Our hats are adjustable, so one size fits all. We ship for free in the United States, plus a portion of the proceeds from each hat sale go into our foundation to help and support current NICU families. Grab your hat now at Empowering. NICUparents.com forward slash hats. That's empowering NICUparents.com forward slash H A T S. Or find the link in our show notes. Now back to the episode. Since I spoke in detail last time about all of the benefits of maternal breast milk for infants, I will not go into a great amount of detail but will briefly remind you that infants fed human milk have an improvement in feeding tolerance as well as a decrease in the incidence of sepsis and NEC or necrotizing intercolitis. The early administration of mother's colostrum to extremely premature infants is also incredibly beneficial as it stimulates rapid growth in the intestinal mucosal lining and it induces digestive enzymes. Human milk is obviously beneficial from a nutritional aspect. 
but research has continued to show the presence of anti-infective properties in human milk that protect infants against infections of the gastrointestinal tract, respiratory tracts, urinary tract, and it provides protection against ear infections and sepsis. Also, earlier discharge from the NICU is often facilitated. And Paula Meyer, who is a researcher and educator in the field of human milk, stated in a 2010 article that maternal milk contains beneficial immunologic, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, epigenetic, growth-promoting, and gut-colonizing properties. Plus, several additional studies have shown that maternal breast milk is protective against several other conditions, including, but not limited to, diabetes, allergic diseases, asthma, heart disease, plus many more. Sorry, I tried to keep it brief, but it's impossible to skimp over just how beneficial maternal breast milk is for infants, and again, especially our critically ill infants in the NICU. As you likely know, maternal human milk is the absolute best food for newborn nutrition that supports all of their accelerated growth in the first year. And although we understand the basic composition of human milk, every woman's breast milk has a different complexity when it comes to the nutritional content. But you may be wondering, what exactly is breast milk composed of? In general, according to Boquian from a 2018 article, breast milk is made up of 87% water, 1% protein, 4% lipids, and 7% carbohydrates, which includes 1-2.4% to of oligosaccharides. It also contains many minerals like calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, potassium, sodium, plus more, as well as vitamins. In general, the protein content in human milk is low and contains less when compared to cow's milk. In fact, it is said to contain the lowest amount of protein amongst all mammals. Human milk contains a large proportion of long-chain polyunsaturated fatty acids that are important for brain growth and development in infants. Also, compared to cow's milk, human milk contains more cholesterol, which is a precursor of hormones and also important for brain development. Human milk also contains enzymes that allow for better lipid digestibility and more optimal utilization of triglycerides. Maternal milk, as I mentioned, contains compounds that have anti-infective properties which protect children against infectious diseases. It contains macronutrients and micronutrients specifically colostrum, which is produced in the first five days or so after birth, contains many immunity cells like macrophages and lymphocytes. Additionally, its biological components include immunoglobulins, cytokines, growth factors, hormones, antimicrobial agents, immune cells, stem cells, prebiotic oligosaccharides, and the milk's microbiome also contains probiotic bacteria, according to Parker in a 2021 article. It is these anti-infective properties that are also associated with all of the health benefits for very low birth weight infants, including a decreased incidence of necrotizing intercolitis, or NEC, late-onset sepsis, chronic lung disease, or CLD, retinopathy of prematurity, 
ROP, and neurodevelopmental impairment. Now that we know what breast milk does contain, what is it lacking in? Well, it has suboptimal amounts of iodine, iron, and vitamins, including vitamin D and vitamin K, which is why it is recommended for breastfed infants or those who exclusively receive breast milk to receive supplementation of vitamin D and why we give vitamin K intramuscularly or as an injection at delivery to all infants to prevent severe bleeding. Now, the composition of preterm human milk is different, which I think is absolutely amazing. As women, our bodies know that we deliver a premature infant who has very important nutritional needs. Therefore, the milk's composition typically contains higher amounts of protein, sodium, chloride, and magnesium when compared to term breast milk. This point is also important to remember later when we discuss donor breast milk. The protein content in the mother's milk who delivered a preterm infant is higher when compared to term breast milk, especially during the first few days of lactation, but then it gradually declines from there. Additionally, there are higher concentrations of certain free amino acids in preterm milk, as well as secretory immunoglobulins, which are important for immune protection. Although preterm human milk does contain higher amounts of protein, sodium, chloride, and magnesium when compared to term milk, the levels of these nutrients remain lower than the recommendations. Therefore, human milk for premature infants is routinely supplemented with a fortifier to assist with weight gain and protein accretion. Human milk fortifier, or HMF, is a bovine milk-based fortifier that is available as either a powder or in liquid form. Additionally, there is the option of a liquid donor human milk-based fortifier if the hospital decides to use it, although this particular fortifier is only available while infants are in the hospital. Whichever fortifier is used is added to the mother's pumped milk and fed to the infant. The fortifiers help to increase energy, protein, vitamins, and mineral contents to levels that are more appropriate for premature infants. It is recommended to continue fortification at least until discharge, but some infants are also discharged with a home feeding plan that includes fortification to more adequately support their overall growth. Unfortunately, the vitamin content remains suboptimal despite the use of fortification, so a multivitamin and iron supplement are often added in for the infant to receive each day. As we know, maternal breast milk is the best nutrition, but it is also extremely important for preterm infants to receive human milk, specifically in very low birth weight infants or those infants less than 32 weeks gestation or in infants with severe intestinal disorders. Donor milk is utilized to aid in feeding tolerance due to studies showing its impact on the reduction of necrotizing intercolitis. Because of this and the additional benefits of human milk, if the mother's milk is not fully in or if the mother is unable to or chooses not to pump milk, the use of donor human milk is utilized over formula. Some hospitals are also able to provide the use of donor milk with term infants in the nursery as well to bridge the gap until the mother's milk is in. 
especially if the infant has hypoglycemia or low blood sugars or suboptimal weight gain. As I've said before, but I'll say it again, maternal milk is almost always the preferred option. But when it is not available, donor milk is given to the infant for a certain period of time or based on the institution's protocol, typically around 34 weeks corrected gestational age for preterm infants. It is at this point the infant is usually slowly transitioned off of the donor milk and switched over to formula. It may be continued longer, though, in infants with a history of feeding intolerance, those that have abdominal wall defects, or other conditions like congenital heart disease. As I mentioned, it has been well established in literature that premature infants who receive human milk have a lower incidence of necrotizing intercolitis, or NEC. NEC is a life-threatening disease that is more prone in preterm infants. Now, I'll briefly explain NEC, but not go into too much detail because it is beyond the scope of this particular episode. But NEC is an inflammatory bowel disease. As I said, it mostly impacts premature infants, but it can occur in some term infants as well. NEC is multifactorial in nature, meaning it is thought to involve or be due to several different factors. Once there is inflammation of the infant's intestine, it leads to bacteria entering, which causes damage and or death of the colon and intestine. NEC causes significant complications and may lead to death. It is a devastating disease that not only affects the infant while they are in the NICU, but it has long-term implications as well. It has been studied extensively, and as I said, the research has shown that administration of human milk is associated with a reduction in NEC. Actually, the use of breast milk is considered a protective factor in premature infants and highly recommended, which is why donor breast milk is used in NICUs. The mother's milk is always preferred for all of the reasons that we have mentioned, but when it is not available or to help bridge the gap until the mother's milk is in, donor breast milk is preferred over formula. But as I alluded to previously, donor milk and maternal milk are not completely equivalent. Pooled donor milk usually includes milk from mothers who may have delivered their infant full term and are at a different stage of mammary gland maturity and lactation. Mothers who deliver preterm infants express milk that has unique biological benefits specific for preterm infants, and not just any preterm infant, but that particular infant. Since the donor milk may have been expressed at a different stage of lactation, the composition is varied and has been found to have less grams of protein and less fat Therefore, it has a lower energy content when compared to the milk of preterm mothers. Protein, energy, and fat content are all crucial for preterm growth, and extremely preterm infants fed donor milk without fortification have relatively slow growth. The sodium content in breast milk has also been associated with impaired growth and neural development early in an infant's life. The average sodium composition of breast milk from women who delivered their infant prematurely or less than 33 weeks has been reported to be 240 to 360 milligrams per liter at 1 to 8 weeks postpartum. In a 2002 study by Perrin et al., 
They found low sodium concentrations amongst a geographically diverse sampling of donor breast milk from milk bakes with an average of only 102 milligrams per liter, which is more consistent with mature breast milk or greater than 30 days postpartum. Therefore, infants who exclusively receive donor breast milk are likely receiving much less sodium than expected and needed. The authors of this study indicated that even partial feedings with maternal breast milk would help to offset the risk of sodium deficiency so common with exclusive donor breast milk feedings. If needed, infants with low serum sodium levels, or if they have suboptimal growth, are often started on a sodium chloride supplement. Donor breast milk must also be pasteurized to eliminate the bacterial and viral load. But the necessary pasteurization process destroys cells like stem cells and neutrophils. Pasteurization also negatively affects macronutrients and anti-inflammatory factors, and it eliminates bacterial strains with probiotic properties. The typical commensal microbiome in maternal breast milk that is thought to help protect against neonatal complications, including NEC, is also eliminated through pasteurization. Also, the bioactive components of human milk, including lactoferrin and immunoglobulins, are also significantly decreased. Additionally, the freeze-thaw cycles that are utilized for storage, plus the prolonged storage, multiple container changes, and the processing of human donor milk affect the composition and reduce the bioactivity. Whether donor breast milk is an exclusive diet or used in combination with the mother's milk, pasteurized donor breast milk is protective against NEC, but it does not confer the additional benefits known from the mother's own milk that I mentioned at the front of this episode. Despite the differences when comparing maternal breast milk and donor breast milk, the benefits of improved feeding tolerance and clinical outcomes support the use of donor milk for preterm infants. Therefore, as I mentioned, the use of donor human milk is highly recommended for preterm infants until the mother's milk supply is established or as a replacement if the mother is unable or chooses not to express breast milk. But as I mentioned in the previous episode, we as NICU clinicians need to ensure that we thoroughly explain that the use of donor human milk is meant to be used as a bridge until the mother's milk supply is established. We want to be supportive, provide appropriate education, help minimize the barriers, and clearly support maternal lactation efforts. When donor milk is explained, it should not be an either-or, but more of an adjunctive therapy until the mother's milk supply is established. Initiation of milk expression should begin as soon as possible after delivery with the goal of no later than six hours after delivery. It is vital that NICU clinicians are empathetic, share their knowledge, and try to build trusting partnerships with NICU mothers and families to promote their milk expression, establish breastfeeding, and nurture the feelings of motherhood. A supportive environment coupled with education has the potential to positively impact the mother's milk production in the NICU and beyond. Additionally, I must add that the use of non-pasteurized donor milk or milk that is purchased off the internet or via milk sharing is not recommended. 
Donor milk that is not obtained through human milk banks has not gone through the screening or necessary pasteurization process and may expose infants to bacterial contamination and transmission of viruses, including cytomegalovirus, hepatitis, and or HIV. Donors for the human milk banks have to complete a very thorough health screening, serologic blood testing, and they must follow detailed instructions on collecting, storing, and shipping their milk. And luckily, the number of milk banks are increasing every day. I hope you found this review on the composition of human milk helpful. I think it is so important for parents to know the anti-infective properties and all of the health benefits of breast milk, especially for the preterm and high-risk neonatal population. It is also amazing and paramount for parents of preterm infants to know that the breast milk from a preterm mother has a very different composition and is almost catered to the needs of a preterm infant with more protein, sodium, chloride, and magnesium. I have no doubt that all of you know how beneficial human milk is nutritionally for infants, but I hope you also learned today after listening how it is protective against necrotizing intercolitis in preterm infants. It is so imperative that parents truly know the benefits of not just human milk, but specifically the mother's milk. Even if mothers do not want to put the infant to breast, if they would just consider expressing milk for their infant, it is so beneficial in so many ways. So please consider it, ask questions, ask more questions, and do what you can to provide milk for your baby. As I mentioned, donor milk is available to help bridge the gap until the mother's milk fully comes in, but it does not have the same composition and it loses a lot of its protective characteristics during the pasteurization process. And although donor breast milk is preferred over formula, especially in very low birth weight infants, due to its association with a reduction in NEC, maternal breast milk is always preferred. So thank you guys again for your patience as it did take me some time to launch a new episode, but I hope it was worth the wait. As always, please consider sharing this episode with someone who will gain some value from it. For the show notes and links mentioned in the episode, as well as the references, head to empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash episode 48. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Empowering NICU Parents podcast and have an amazing day. Remember, once empowered with knowledge, you have the ability to change the course. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Empowering NICU Parents podcast. For the show notes and any links mentioned in the episode, head to empoweringnicuparents.com. I would love to hear more from you on the topics you want to hear. So make sure you let me know in the comments section. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode and consider leaving a rating. Five stars would be awesome so we can help other NICU families. Remember, if you have any questions or concerns with your NICU baby, please consult their medical care team. Until next time, friends. Bye.